So uh, I think we are live. Yes, we are live. All right, two people under the waiting room. Bang, bang, admit, admit. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk About Feelings here on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Thank you so very much. Guy Aitchison, Gabe Ripley, uh, and the whole entire crew that makes these things happen. Appreciate and love you all. I finally feel like I got the fucking, uh, what's it called? Technical difficulties out of my way. <clears throat> I'm setting up in my spot. He's doing it. Can I can hear you, Dusty. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I can hear you. Beautiful. And everyone was able to get in via the link on Reinventing the Tattoo. Yes, it worked. Cool. Yeah, I only had to call Kyle for like a second today. Nice. <laughs> yeah, moving well, up in the world. Very short period of time. And the only reason why I'm a little late is because I had to shower. I, um, I was just in Miami for a... Uh, a high-level entrepreneur um, meetup event, and it is. I'm still trying to figure out how to be normal in real life again. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I finally started going back to the gym today. After yeah. over a month of being off from the gym, which was really annoying doing that. And so we went back to the gym today, and I feel good about that. Yeah, real life. Is here to ensue. Not I really. I can't get up. Water, my green drink. I am so fucking on it right now. Beautiful. So, everyone, how are we? Doing good. How about yourself? Um, like I said, just came home from Miami last night. That was a uh... boy. Are my arms tired? Yeah. Well, I drove, so. <laughs> I don't know how far is uh, Miami from Melbourne. That's like a trek, isn't it? Three and a half hours, two and a half hours, depending on traffic. Um, I've done so much driving around the country that anything like eight hours or less is pretty, uh, pretty simple, so to speak. So four, four is my threshold. Like I can do a four hour trip fine. If it's more than that, like I'll do it, but I'm not going to be happy about it. <laughs> was, especially since the invention of like allegiant and some of these airlines they're like right. they're not great but like i'm coming out there in february with a checked bag for all my tattoo stuff and everything round trip is like 108 dollars which is ridiculous yeah it's so cheap that if it's more than five hours i'm just like fuck it i got 30 bucks i'll fly <laughs> <laughs> dude the last <laughs> trip i made to ohio to officiate that wedding Fucking tickets were like $700. Oof. Who did you fly with? I got, I don't even remember. I just remember getting butt fucked and feeling really sad about it and being like, damn, I wish I would have fucking gotten my ticket way earlier. <laughs> I'll see you both in February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually, you know. we, we just talked about you on the phone right before the podcast. I was like, going to hit you up uh, with a, uh, what do I got to apologize for this time? I was, I was gonna hit you We're up with a proposition. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you want to drop the proposition on camera, or you want to wait till later? Yeah, your your choice. Okay. Um. So I am I'm tattooing you on Monday, February, whatever. Um, Six. Yes. Yeah. Uh. How do you feel about just bringing your stuff and tattooing me at Robbie's shop, and then we all do the podcast together in person? That sounds great. Yeah. I mean, I'll yeah. still like give you, give you money and stuff. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I'll yeah. still give you like money and stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah you know. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's not like a, like a meeting where you show up and then we're like trying to sell you a timeshare or anything. We just thought <laughs> since you'll already be there, um, sure. it might be kind of fun because then we're all three in the same place at the same time and we can pull out the big camera and do a podcast and tattoo each other and have fun. 
I like how you Hell say that. yeah. That's like, cool. Although yeah, I don't I'm, know how I don't want to actually be tattooing on camera. Oh yeah. The, the, I the can get tat the tattoos. Why not? Okay. I don't want anybody to find out that I don't know what I'm doing. Bro, I've been doing this for <laughs> I've seen your tattoos. You know what out. you're doing. <laughs> right? They never find out you don't know what you're doing. Only people <laughs> here and there do. And when they speak up, your friends tell them to shut up. So you're solid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, why is she pulling a line like that? What is she doing? And I would just be like, well, the end result looks fine. It doesn't matter how you pull your lines if those lines look nice and crispy when yeah. you're done. As long as you have gloves on. Oh, that's yeah. that's the best. That's the best thing about working with any sort of apprentices is that you will very quickly realize that one person has put in their head that they have to do it one way. And what you really discover outside of like, I mean, don't pull your line at a fucking 90 degree angle where you're just going to blow everything out beyond that. You'll realize, Wait, what? Like, oh, well, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, I didn't want to be the one to tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, beyond that, it really is like you'll run into so many people that are like, well, so-and-so said I have to do it this way and hold it this way and work this way. And it's like, if your hand doesn't work that way, then like work smarter, not harder. Uh, I don't know if you guys can really tell from the camera here, but I'm going to hold up my canvas and my pencil. This is how I write like in real life because I'm just old enough that they didn't really teach you that shit in school. So I write. (laughs) Like they stopped idiot. hitting people with rulers before you got into school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were hitting and them the, when the, I was in school. <laughs> there was no angry nuns around. And so nobody was like, hey, do you know you're writing really weird? So by the time someone told me I was in like junior high and it was stuck there and it just so happens to work out really well because I can rest my whole hand and just pull. And it's the only reason that my line work is decent. But it's one of those <laughs> things where like, if you had me hold a machine the way most artists are taught overall, it would make no sense. And I'm going through the same thing now with the apprentice at our shop that she's like, why write like this? And it's not the way I do, but it's equally weird. And so sitting with her and explaining like, hey, sorry, my cat is, that's fine. she's in it to win it. Uh, I you know, love explaining her. Like, hey, figure, figure out what works for your hand. And so, yeah, like pretty quickly, you realize that most people will not shame you for that. If anything, they'll just be like, holy shit, what was that? Dude. And then if the tattoo comes out great, they're going to be like, awesome. As, who cares? As what long as the tattoo work. comes out great, like, oh, that's even that's better. That when people who don't know what they're doing and the tattoo still comes out great, you're like, they've got a great secret. But really, they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> I hope this works out. Dude, it's funny. I was, it's funny. Oh, go ahead. No, no, yeah. Oh, mine, mine's a quick one. I was just telling you about when I was in Muncie like two weeks ago, guest spotting with uh, Sean King that like opened up the shop with Carlton and all that. He's Super awesome dude, been tattooing for decades, really good. But he was, we were talking about how people are waiting for that aha moment where one artist tells you, oh, I run my machine at this speed. And it just, you, you think that's going to be the magic secret and you realize, yeah, that works for them. Yep. And it doesn't mean that you won't pick up nine different aha moments from other artists that equally like, oh, well, that thing they did works with this. Or, uh, you know, Car- Carlton was the one that told me I was watching him tattoo hip and he's like, hey, when you're doing your white, especially with the like really cartoony fucking cutesy traditional shit you do where you pack a bunch of white highlights in, fuck it, tilt it further, blow out a little bit because it's white and it won't really blow out. It'll just make it stick. And that totally worked. He's given me like eight other pieces of advice that maybe worked, maybe didn't. They work for him. They don't necessarily work for me sort of things. It's that way with everybody. So like, yeah, you know, take take the wins where you can, but there's no magical aha. Like, oh, they tattoo weird, but the tattoo came out great. What's their secret? The secret is they do what works for them. Yep. Well, if I do end up doing anything weird, I am always open to advice, like constantly learning over here. So, so. do you have like traditional apprenticeship stuff where we smack you in the head while you're tattooing and we see you doing something wrong? I will I will dress like a nun and hit you with a ruler. Yes, please. <laughs> oh my. So harder, mommy, I might stop. Uh, <laughs> the, well, the being holding... in... What's up? Oh, I was just gonna say, I think one of the reasons why I uh 
definitely am always kind of afraid that, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing and that I'm just a poser and all of that is because um, I haven't finished a traditional apprenticeship. I started tattooing legally in Oregon and As everybody knows, Oregon's got the weird laws with the education system and the state mandated schools and stuff. So I'm still constantly just being all like, what do you mean this, you know, basic term that somebody says? And they're like, didn't you learn that in your apprenticeship? I'm just like, no, I did not. Mm. (laughs) So I feel like uh, because of that, I sometimes I feel like I don't deserve to be a tattooer and other times I feel like I should not call myself a tattooer and I should just keep calling myself just an apprentice like a working apprentice because I haven't actually fulfilled that traditional apprenticeship um doing a traditional apprenticeship doesn't mean you're a real tattooer I've known plenty of people that have gone through one or multiple apprenticeships and can't tattoo to save their lives um and if you didn't have that fear it would be something else telling you you're not a good tattooer like your brain's gonna find reasons why you aren't good enough and aren't worth being there and your heart has to have the reasons why you are good enough and you should be there because the truth of the matter is i've seen your work i wouldn't be like oh shit (laughs) I wouldn't be like that girl can't tattoo at all. Actually, I was like, wow, she tattoos pretty fucking good. So like, doesn't yeah, matter you're... what you don't know. Like I could roughly tune a fucking coil and I started on coils, but like I was never taught how to fucking tune machines or build machines. So like, am I not a good tattooer because I'm fucking not loyal enough to the coil where I don't know how to fucking tune a build machine? You know what I'm saying? Like, you just laughed at me because it's stupid. Just like that (laughs) that you're saying is stupid, but you don't realize it's stupid because you're like, fuck, I suck. And they're going to find me out. And that's the definition of imposter syndrome. And you're living it. So uh, here's your permission to be a real tatter. Um, You can, you can call yourself a tatter tot if you really want to diminish yourself, but either way, you're fucking. I love diminishing myself. Our apprentice <laughs> at the the shop I'm at at Royal Prevail, she's she's been apprenticing for a while. I think she's like maybe 20, 25 tattoos deep. Um, I started calling her Tatter Tot after you said that on that one podcast like a month ago, and she like fucking loves it. <laughs> How is Tatter Tot not more like well known? It's like it baffles me that people don't right. know the term Tatter Tot. Like I thought this it's was so fun. I thought this was what everybody called the new guy. I mean, I, I know uh, a lot of you, you know, <laughs> but I guess not all of us. Um, but going back to what you were talking about, about holding the needle. So Donna has been talking about learning how to tattoo ever since we got together. And I've been putting a machine in her hand, re- like here and there, just to let her fucking get after it because it's funny and stupid. Finally, she decided... I really actually want to fucking learn how to tattoo. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's make it happen. Well, she's worked around it for so long, like even back in Philly and stuff. It just makes sense. Mm. Right, exactly. And so uh, she's a throw them to the wolves type of gal, which I can dig because that's how I've done everything in my life. So Thursday, before this last Friday that just happened, the 13th, she decided I'm tattooing Friday the 13th and I'm going to do apprentice tattoo. Thursday does tend to come before Friday. Yes. And so we went to the health department and got her tattoo license. So she's a licensed tattooer, which Florida's stupid, 60 bucks and a fucking ID. Doesn't matter what state the ID is from. You don't even dude, it's so dumb. Fucking you can get dude. Dusty has a year long fucking tattoo license because he's like, oh, I'm coming to Florida more. And instead of spending 35 for a half a year or for two for a two week thing, I just spent 60 for a whole year. And that, so like, that was yeah. at the suggestion of the health department. They're like, you think you're coming back again? I'm like, yeah. They're like, just pay an extra 25, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, so okay. Do I have to fill anything else out? No. Yeah. No, oh, no, my no. gosh. Yeah. Okay. So- I thought I thought the thing in uh, Oregon was weird, but you actually have to have like 50 procedures, at least like 500 hours written down well, and Oregon like, signed is- up. 
Michigan nope. is the worst, hands down. And, and worst is a loaded term because, honestly, it right. probably prevents a it's lot of the grody people from doing grody shit. But, like, yeah, Oregon's batshit insane. I met a uh, apprentice from Tron City Tattoos, uh, super fun dude named Dylan. And uh, it was funny because it was at 208 convention in Boise. And Boise's fucking lawless. I was at the convention waiting for the health department. And they're like, no, like, no, none of that here. Uh, just start. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but he got permission from Carlton and Riley to go do his first apprentice tattoos because he had been apprenticing for like a year straight. But in Oregon, he wasn't allowed on people yet because you have to right. so many thousands of dollars and years and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, fuck it. The Boise's lawless. Come, come with your mentor and uh, just do little fifty cent piece size shit. So he did one on me, and I tattooed his face in return. But he was telling me while tattooing me, like it's bonkers. You have to do so much, dude. Fuck that. Seriously. Yeah. So Donna picks up the machine on Friday, and like I said, she's tattooed quite a few different people before this, um, and she's done a bunch of tracings and like loosely followed my curriculum here and there uh and keeps trying to find back doors around the curriculum and every time i let her find a back door she's like nope i want to go back to the front door i'm sorry so that's kind of fun <laughs> learning so, lessons the hard way but still yeah. learning she's like wait i think i want to do more tracings because i think it'll make my lines better i'm like you think even my son Jaden's like do fucking tracings donna you're being stupid so so she picks up the machine on friday and I'm watching something happen and I don't know what it is, but it's not correct. And I'm like, there's no reason why it should look like, like her hand and the machine looked wrong, but I couldn't figure out what it was. So I was like, all right, hold on. Let me throw some gloves on. So I throw some gloves on, I step up, I tattoo. I'm like, see, that's the way it's supposed to look. And that's the way you're supposed to do it. Then I put the machine back in her hand and she's doing it wrong again. And I'm like, what the fuck? What it was, was instead of holding the needle to where, like, you know how the cartridge has the hole in the top? Yeah. She was holding the hole down. Down. That's okay. Instead of using the mag to where, you know, it comes out of the bottom of the needle and it's all congruent and it's nice and aligned. She was holding it upside down. The fucking short part of the mag was down. The long part, the wide part of the mag was up. It was like, really crooked and backwards and i was like oh just flip your machine around and boom instantly that was one of the things that changed for her so it was really cool going way back to the beginning when you were talking about the little things that can make a difference it was really cool watching her hand be held wrong and then having the machine turn around and watching a vast difference in a matter of seconds and it was like wow some things really do work and it's just cool to see things really work and honestly teaching donna is making me a way better teacher because like she asks questions like a six-year-old like well how do i do that this way well why this way why this way well why 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 so she she makes me break it down so much i learn things i didn't even realize i knew but i love that because i was talking to you about like the handful of people i want to go watch this year and how i talked about like you and Ross and Sean and a couple other dudes that I was like, I would love to just sit and watch your process from beginning to end for a day. But for you to Mm -hmm. talk to me, like I've never tattooed a day in my life, like explain it. Like I'm literally a stranger off the street. That's like, what's tattoo. And you're like, yeah, here's tattoo. Because I feel like people do learn so much better when you break it down to the basic elements, because like Medusa was saying, there have been times where, you know, no matter how long you've been at it, someone will use a certain term. And, uh, you know, I've like the stipply illustrative stuff. I have always known as stipple shading. Uh, when I started at this new shop, Will, one of the guys that tattoos there, he's a fucking beast with that stuff. He'll do this like crazy realism, pointillism stuff. He calls it pepper shading. Right. And I'd never heard it termed that way. And so like, I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. Nodding and like scrolling through Google while he's not looking. <laughs> what the fuck is pepper shading? And I realized like, oh, stipple. And it looks like pepper. It, it's such a simple right. term. Right. That I'm I'm the goof in this story, but I was just like, I've just never heard it that way. So if you break it down like a six-year-old, you avoid so much of that like feelings-y, like that, like you were saying, imposter syndrome, weird feeling where you're like, Well, I don't know that term. Am I a fucking idiot? Should I not be tattooing? Should I just jump out the window now? Um, (laughs) No, I I totally fuck with that. Tell me like I'm a child. I've had so so many 
experiences where I felt like I didn't know enough because I didn't know what they were saying when really it's just, oh, that's dot work or that's pointillism, uh, but they also call it pepper shading. Wow. Um, Spirit, what's up, my man? How you be? Hey, man. What's good? How are you? Spirit. You. Hey, what's up, Amber? What's up, Elizabeth? I know. I know. Hey, Spirit. Know. Hey, what's up? I saw you guys this morning. It was dope. What's up, Dusty? How you doing? TVA. Hey, how are you? Yeah. Good. Yeah, man. So um, uh, I've been watching y'all for, for quite some time, uh, and I just decided to um, jump on. And so uh, it's good to be here. I'm really glad that you have the show. This thing is is definitely very necessary to do um, because tattoo artists don't talk about feelings, you know, at all. Like, Real. You know, we're, we're rough and tough, and 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 uh, but sometimes we definitely need to be able to vent and yeah. uh, talk yeah. about our feelings. Talk about the true shit. So, um, on that, uh, as I was saying earlier before you jumped on, I was in Miami, um, and this coaching program that I'm in—it's a men's coaching program. And uh, it's like high level entrepreneurs who want to do better with their life and so on and so forth. Um, one of the things that came up for me this weekend when I was down there that I had to face really head on really hard. Um, I faced it yesterday morning. So it's still processing for me. And it's something that I've constantly faced in my life. Uh, I was journaling and I'm in a fucking 40 story fucking high rise condo in Miami. It's fucking gorgeous, mm. right? Mm -hmm. I'm out on the balcony fucking writing in my journal. I'm all alone. Both the dudes that were with me had fucking caught their flights. So I really have this moment alone. And I'm sitting there and I'm writing in the journal and I'm thinking about how I have this severe fear of people not liking me. Mm. People wanting to get rid of me. Um, me being too much or not good enough to be around people. And this is something Seriously. that, right, it hits me all the fucking time. And mm -hmm. then like, I thought back in my brain and I remembered when me and Donna were in New Orleans, um, when I still had both of my legs uh, and we were trying to get instructions on how to meet everybody for breakfast. And like everybody was dragging their feet on fucking messaging us back. And like we started both feeling like, wow, do people not like us? And like we had this conversation in the car and I went to this exact same feeling yesterday morning. And I'm like, so what happened now? Why wouldn't people like you You're saying people didn't come to something that an event that you had? No, no, no. Like when I'm like, when I'm like, we're, it, 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 it happened with breakfast twice. So we were in, when we were in, in New Orleans, we were on our way to go meet people for breakfast. But like, we were the last people to get texts. So we showed up like 45 minutes late. Right? Oh, got it. And the same thing happened to me yesterday. And I had the same feelings of like, people don't want me around. Like, why don't people want me at breakfast? You know, like, and then you get to breakfast. And I, and I shared these thoughts with one of the dudes that was sitting next to me at breakfast yesterday. And um, he was like, man, that's really weird. Because you know what? I couldn't wait to fucking see you. Oh. Was, okay. Right. And so like, I, I had to face this like, this part of myself and I'm journaling before I got there, I'm journaling and I'm fucking crying. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is this so heavy on me? Why do I feel like nobody likes me? Like, why is this such a thing? And then I fucking realized. So my whole life I've been either overweight or in good shape, but more overweight than in good shape. Right. Mm -hmm. So like I started most of my life overweight. And so now that I'm an amputee, instead of being like, oh, people are going to think less of me because I'm fat. I'm like, oh, people are going to think less of me because I'm an amputee. So there's there's this level of healing that I haven't achieved yet on the inside of myself about how people view me and why I give so much of a fuck how people view me. Mm. And until I heal that part of me, or until I love that part of me to fucking help, it's just going to keep coming up and finding new ways. So, and the next it'll be, you know, not because I'm an amputee, but because it's something else or because right. I too much of something or not enough of something or because I say like, no matter what, your brain is always going to find a reason 
why you're not good enough. Like Medusa was talking about with being a fucking, uh, you know, an imposter tattooer, you know, why you're not loved enough, why you're not appreciated enough, why you're not busy enough, why you're fucking too busy, Mm -hmm. why fucking people look at you that way, why people talk to you that way. Like no matter what, until you make peace with who you truly are, you're not going to be at peace. And it's not going to come from the outside validation. Uh, like, I get outside validation all the time from my social media. Almost every Because what's interesting is, you yeah. know, if you, you know, if it's kind of one of those things where if you saw yourself the way other people see you, you know, then you, you know, you would probably feel better about yourself. Absolutely. Um, you I know. And, and even it's, then, it's funny. you got to kind of ask yourself why. Even though I started not to cut you off, but even then, if everybody thinks positively of you, should you give a fuck then? Right, exactly. Like, it, like right. it's not, it, what, what other people think about you is none of your fucking business anyway. Right. So and why your is it self fucking- worth is based on what other people think of you? Other people get to control your narrative. Exactly. And yeah. so that's and that's a that's a moment of healing that I realized I had to really make it through. Um, and that one's why it's funny because what he just said that like, if you could see yourself the way other people see you and it's so easy to put yourself in that other foot and be like, okay, well, how do you look at people? Cause when you and I talk about, Oh, we're traveling this place, we're doing this, this guy's coming. It's always so positive. Oh yeah. That guy's fucking rad. Or, Oh yeah. I remember yeah. that guy's works dope. So it's like, if you can realize that you say that about everyone else so much, why is it so hard to think that they may feel the same way about you? And I get it. It's because you're you. Uh, so like, fuck me, right? But- right, <laughs> right, right. Well, dude, so Colleen that took the Magical Motherfucker course um, just messaged me yesterday. And she's like, hey, I had a dream last night. And you were helping everyone. And you were like supporting everyone. And you even helped a guy get a book deal. But when I looked at you, you weren't taking your care of yourself or your opportunities. And I was like, wow. Hmm. What an interesting reminder to... <laughs> not do that <laughs> yeah 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 you know you and gotta it's like pour into yourself you gotta work you know you gotta you know you, you, you owe it to yourself you know absolutely. you know you are absolutely. the most important person in your life i mean let's be frank yeah absolutely and the weird thing is i do pour into myself mm-hmm. but how do i learn to love myself by continually trying and continually pouring into myself. And when somebody Mm -hmm. says, hey, I had this dream about you not taking care of your love for yourself, it's like, oh, well, just make sure you don't do that. Like, instead of making it this like thing where I'm like, oh, fuck, she premonitioned me fucking not taking care of myself. I'm like, oh, thanks for the reminder. So like, it's interesting how as I grow as a human over time, instead of falling apart when something like this falls in my lap, it's just a reminder to stay on course rather than getting scared that I'm not on course. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah. And it's interesting. And so like, like yesterday when I had that fucking moment of, Oh man, I, I have this weird thing about people liking me, wanting me around. It wasn't like, Oh, people hate me and I'm the worst. It was, Oh, wow. I need to fuck. I have this feeling, but it's not true. How do I work through this? So it's interesting how these weird moments are actually indicators of the growth. Mm, mm-hmm. That's right. And even so, if it's not fun, it's still fertilizer and fertilizer shit and fertilizer smells like shit and it helps you grow. So like, <laughs> it is. Weird. what were you saying? Uh, oh, I was going to say, uh, while I'm in um florida so i will be guesting at uh, bruno's shop in fort lauderdale from the second to the fourth mm-hmm. and then the fifth i'm just hanging out and partying the fourth is my birthday and yeah. uh on the nice. sixth i'm going up to get tattooed at your shop uh by dusty and i was actually gonna propose if we could all like go out to dinner something afterwards or whatever but like i want you to know that i like you and (laughs) (laughs) i want to have food with you and if i'm late to texting you it's 
it's just a me thing, not a you right. thing. And, you know, and like, and it was weird. So like, as I was going through shit yesterday, I was realizing, okay, well, one of my mentors in my life that I, that I look up to love and respect when I started like a relationship with him, I had to work through, oh, well, I don't feel like he wants to talk to me because he forgets to text me back sometimes. And so oh. three days later, five days later, and it's like, this is a fucking thing that shows up in my life that has nothing to do with anyone else. And that's the realization that I'm finally starting to make. It's not that people don't like me and it's not that I'm not likable. It's that I have this weird thing with myself that I need to grow through. Mm. And it's a really, like I said, that shit fertilizer thing, you know, like the shitty parts are just fertilizer letting you know where you've grown to and what you need to grow to. And yeah. it's interesting finding my way through life. Uh, and it's been really weird for me because lately I've been sharing a lot more of the darker side of my life with the internet. And I've had a lot of people come up to me and be like, are you okay, man? Mm. <laughs> and I'm like- Shadow yeah. work is important. Right. And I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. Um, but like, I'd be this way without talking about it on the internet. Truth of the matter is life is difficult for a lot of us on a regular basis. And I just want to talk about the truth. And I think that's one of the things also to help me stop worrying so much about what others think about me is just fucking sharing my truth rather than the polished version because the shadow work is very important. And how many people I've spoken to about this and said shadow work's important and I'm like, Oh, cool. Thanks for the reminder that shadow work's important. Thanks for the reminder that shadow work's a real thing. Thanks what for are some other tools that you guys have, have um, yes. found are, are good for shadow work? Journaling. Um, mm -hmm. Journaling, meditation, being alone. Like literally just being by myself. Being comfortable being alone. Well, yeah, you get being alone and then figuring out the comfort there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, meditation, that's great. Uh, speaking to people that understand or are a couple steps ahead of you in that mm. aspect. Uh, getting confirmation from others that it is shadow work and not your defective bullshit. Uh, that's a big thing. Mm. Give me yeah. an example, if you would. That, if that's a bit, let's talk, let's unpack. That. Okay. All right. So with me personally and the things I go through, the shadow work I do starts as my defective bullshit. So when I was sitting there yesterday on this beautiful balcony, you know, should be appreciating my life, crying and writing about, <laughs> uh, you know, my insecurities about others. I didn't fall apart and be like, I'm an insecure piece of shit. I let the emotions flow. And then I honestly looked at what it was that was going on. Mm. Okay. Right? So like, oh, yeah. okay. while, while, while Medusa telling me how much she loves me and how fucking, you know, she wants to go share a meal with me and how that's, you know, how she wants to have a good time. And I appreciate that very much. And it touches my heart, but like, I need to realize that I don't need that from Medusa or anyone else because I'm giving that to myself. <laughs> and when Medusa fuck gives you, me Medusa. that, what's that? <laughs> I said, "Ooh, burn, fuck you, Medusa." <laughs> <laughs> it was like I give you a compliment and you just punch me in the face. That's, fuck you, Medusa. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like, like, well, I appreciate it so much, but like, while I'm constantly looking around for that and hoping that's gonna feel me make me feel better. It's not going to make me feel better. It's so going to give you a dopamine rush, but you know, but it, it's, it's not, not what you need to. Yeah, you don't need my words to love right. yourself. Right, exactly. Yeah. And while, while I severely appreciate them and it's wonderful, but dude, if other people's words were going to make me better, it would have been done by now. Because mm -hmm. my I, for years, it's... I've had fucking so many positive messages sent to me, whether vocally or in text. If, if it was what other people thought of me, I'd be clean. But it's, it's something that I have to do. such yeah, a trap. Because, like, if Medusa says that and that's what gets you through the day, that, like, you know what? Somebody likes me and they want to go get dinner and people look up to me as a tattooer. Like you said, sometimes people don't respond to texts for a couple of days. 
and it's nothing you did. We just all have our own lives. I had to text so many people on Sunday because we had like a super busy Saturday, like eight walk-ins on top of our appointments. And then the Friday, the 13th thing and be like, Hey, I am so sorry. I vanished for two days. I've been working like two 15 hour days. If you're relying on her for that, then as soon as you are alone and you're like, I need that text from somebody today and everybody's so busy with their own bullshit. It's so easy to take it as, well, nobody likes me. Nobody wants to fuck with me. Nobody wants to reach out. And in reality, they're all just saddled with their own problems that like, you have to learn to not rely on that. And it's a dope, like you said, a dopamine boost. Like it's such a like, hell yeah, that was the icing on the cake. But like, you got to learn to have that cake prior and that shit's scary like go into a movie by yourself that shit's intimidating dude and i've done so much by myself due to traveling yeah i've done a lot of it and now it feels great and i love being my by myself at times i love traveling on my own i'm i'm starting that traveling journey i actually uh i showed spirit and um amber earlier but i wanted to show you guys the the thing i'm working on Let's see it. Okay. Yes. Snake <laughs> what is it? Oh, I did see that. What, dude, what the fuck is Is that a real ferret? No, oh, it's what? a, it's so Petco sent me, me too much snake food. Um, <laughs> so I am making little friends out of the extras. And this guy I made, um, he's, I made him, he's a ninja, and I made him a little gee. He's in the cheese clan. <laughs> and he is, uh, he's cool. His name is Shogun Jerry. And I made all of his outfits out of spell, and he's got little size. And I made him uh, a bunch of ninja scar- stars, but I kept accidentally throwing them away or ruining them because I'm really bad with Sculpey. And right now I'm working on his little setting because he's going to be in the display case. And I made him a Tory for the background. And he's going to be like in there. And we got some moss to give him some grass on. And he's going to go on a little display case. Is this a hobby or do you sell these? Um, I took a taxidermy class a few years ago. And then I did nothing. And then until like last week when Petco sent me too many snake food. So I was all like, wait, I know what to do with these. So you know what's funny on that? You just, something popped into my brain. How many times do you like prepare for something that you never execute until so much later? And then all of a sudden, Uh, wow, I didn't even have to study for this. It just works. Mm. like that happened so for the last few years i've been all like you know i love taxidermy i love anthropomorphic uh art i love uh i love animals and i love giving them life again after death and all of that and um i actually before i accidentally got too much snake food i uh frozen rats whatever um i was feeling pretty bad because I was specifically thinking about all of my like taxidermy supplies and things I have laying around that I had always wanted to start projects with, but I never actually got the ball rolling and that I wasted money on that taxidermy class. I wasted money on all these supplies that have been sitting around. I need to get rid of stuff because I have too much stuff and I'm really trying to downsize and minimize my belongings. Mm -hmm. And then this happened and I was all like, dude, I've, I've got the stuff. I can, <laughs> got the stuff. I can create now. Like I was feeling really bad. Like that was a waste of money. That was a waste of my space and time. And now it's actually like finally coming together. Like three fucking years later. Um, excuse my language, but yeah. I mean, maybe God. I might sell them in the future. But this guy's God. just for me. Yeah, you gotta make more. I would absolutely buy one. Yeah, yeah. it was kung fu fighting. You know what's funny? I just watched the <laughs> I watched the Wednesday show on Netflix, and at one point, so the show, they went. They were in this this oddities. Well, this store, and like there was so many little animals posed and dressed just like that. So I was like, wow, wow. like you are in the hot market right now uh, to operate something like that. 
Yeah, it all just kind of came together. And that was like something really fun and everything. Um, I already have plans for the next one because I have ate too many rats and they won't keep in the freezer that long. I don't give my snake uh, freezer burn food because she's the best and she deserves the best. Um, and uh, so, you know, I've got a few to work with. I think my next one's going to be uh, Link from Legend of Zelda. Mm, nice. Uh, I've already got like the green felt to make the outfit. <laughs> you need to start fucking selling these. Like people will buy the fuck out of them. Really? Well, so one of the reasons <laughs> one of the reasons I decided to turn this guy into a ninja is because I'm not really good at this taxidermy thing. I will be in the future, but right now I'm still learning. It's been three years since I even took a class. And anyways, I ripped his face a bunch. So I needed an excuse of why he would have scars on his face. And then I was all like, <laughs> fucking ninja. <laughs> That's rad. Um, so also when we were talking a little bit ago, something popped into my head. And uh, I wonder if it will resonate with anyone of you or anyone that's watching. Um, one of the things that popped up for me uh, is the healing that I need to do around my relationship with my father, who is no longer mm. with us. Um, and whether he's alive or dead, doesn't matter. I still can do the healing. And it was, and it really like ties into the fact that my father has a hard time being open and loving. And when I meet mentor men in my life, I always revert back to going through the, they don't believe in me. Uh, I'm going to have to work really hard to prove myself to this guy. And then if anything goes wrong, my shit gets out of whack. Uh, and then I start doubting myself a whole lot. And so I think a lot of the insecurities that I have about Hip people has, discarding me. Hip has any issues with that as well. Right. And it's normal. It's super fucking normal. Like I made sure I made peace with my relationship with my father for months and years before he died, because like mm -hmm. I knew he was sick and I knew he was going to die sooner than we wanted him to. So like mm -hmm. I've worked on it a lot, but knowing that I did work on it a lot doesn't mean that there isn't more work to do. And it's hey, how you guys doing? It's weird that that work that you have to do can start spilling over in other areas if you don't start fucking cleaning it up. Yeah. So, you know, um, and and acknowledging the fact that you have these things is a huge part to starting the healing. Uh, so it's just very interesting. And I, I felt the need to bring that up for anyone that is, like I said, that anyone in here or anyone that's watching or that will watch in the future. Um, man, you're OK. You're going through it. It's normal. Uh, we're all going through it to some degree or another. And then diving into that makes me realize that my relationship with my mother, who is still alive, um is also uh, a point of damage from my past that i need to continue to work on and nurture and heal and grow through and grow from how does it show up in your life um you don't mind me asking so it's less apparent with mother stuff for me uh-huh um than it is with father stuff the biggest way it shows up in my life if Donna, my partner, does something that my mother would do, I get triggered mad easy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, That's a big so one. If I bring up a business idea or just an idea and her first thought is, well, this could go wrong. I'm like, fuck, shut up. I don't need yes. to tell me that. That's my fucking mother talking. And it's like, yeah. and, and, yeah. and, and, and I'm, I'm having an issue with that as well. Uh, right. Like my, my therapist pointed it out. He said that. It's like you always have a tendency to think something's bad is about to happen. Right. And I was like, whoa, that, that hit me right in, in the mommy's boy. <laughs> yes. Your your vagus nerve is responding to previous trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Vagus nerve. Yeah. Yeah. Vagus, vagus nerve uh, is responding to previous trauma and is triggered. And that's what gives you the sense of uh, impending doom when maybe nothing is happening at all. Yeah, I'm always um, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right, right. I, uh, I said that exact phrase on the phone to Robbie earlier did, today. Like, He's like, how, how, how are things? And I was like, a little too good sometimes. I'm waiting for that other shoe to drop. Yeah. Right. 
And then the yeah. weird thing, the weird thing for me is like I've been in a weird stage of life isn't bad, but also life is difficult. Uh-huh. And it's very easy to make the difficulty things that happen feel like life is bad when it's real. Oh no. Yeah. Fucking Matrix got real, him. I was like, oh no. Heck, Gremlins got him. Oh, oh man. Come back. Well, if anybody wants to revive their daddy issues, you can go ahead and watch The Whale. Uh, I feel The Whale. It's going to make me cry, and I've uh, got to wait till I'm ready for crying. No, that that's a that's a daddy issues movie, and I cried for two hours after I got home. Oh boy! <laughs> but uh, I also cry at everything: Folgers commercials, <laughs> cute cat videos. <laughs> um, man, the movie that got me this year was uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, I, I just watched and that even, one. That was good. Even the toughest people I know were like, "Yeah, I, I sobbed like a baby at that movie." I keep getting told to watch it and I'm not sure if I want to but then again like I love to cry at movies it feels like a really good purge and I can blame it on something else Mm. and like for example like Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind is one of my favorite movies I'll watch that five times in one day just because I feel like I need to cry think about that movie and some of the themes of that movie and imagine if you mixed it with like the multiverse of madness and Kill Bill, and that's everything. Uh, that's about. That's about it's, right. It's it's, so, it's like a sci-fi superhero karate feelings movie about processing grief, and it's fucking rad. One of my uh, clients uh, let me borrow a movie that they wanted me to watch, and I'm still haven't watched it because I'm really afraid of it. But it's sitting here. It's Watership Down. Watership Down. You're going to have a bad Um, time. Everybody everybody told me that like they feel like they were traumatized, that they watched it way too young, that they still can't think about it without choking up. So I know something really, really bad happens. And when I was all like, so how bad is it? Like Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind or like the first five minutes of Up? Like kind of like what kind of scale are we talking about? And everybody's just (laughs) been like off, off, not on that scale. So, uh, I don't know. I, I'm still trying to browse movies that help me expunge feelings, but there are so many stories. A funny story that's relevant, but not relevant that, uh, my aunt's birthday is Christmas Eve. And so what we do for Christmas with my family is we all get together on Christmas Eve for her birthday, go ahead and do the family Christmas that night. So then everybody has Christmas to do whatever, visit other family, all that stuff. And uh, we all get her like a big dinner for her birthday so that she doesn't have to cook the next day on Christmas and she's got leftovers and all that. And uh, one year, it was whatever year up came out on DVD. Uh, I had not seen it in theaters and I got that for her for her birthday. And my whole family's there and my grandma and all that. And they're like, well, fuck, you know, we're all here. We're doing Christmas. We got food. Uh, Let's put it on and proceed to just watch half of my family just ball at those first five minutes. And they're like, why did you bring this here? What are you doing to us? Oh, yeah. Fun, happy accident. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Sorry, guys. I like movies that make me happy cry, too, though. I just like crying. It feels good. It's cathartic. It's cleansing. Yeah, like I don't like crying in public, uh, but I like crying by myself at home. Like I always feel like it's it's a weird, weird thing. I feel like it's pretty weird, at least like that feeling of relief afterwards. And yeah, it really is cleansing. I got a I got a text from Robbie that said my Internet is mad dumb. So he's calling it for the day. Uh, His Internet is mad dumb. I love that he used the phrase mad dumb. Yes. Uh, so seems like that is our uh, potential wrapping point then that Robbie is helping us solve our daddy issues by disappearing for forever. 
and <laughs> that uh, sad movies are sad. Yeah. He just went to get crying is nice. He went. He went to have a nice cry. Um, so cool. Well, I guess we'll wrap it for. It's actually about six o'clock, so that kind of did it. Um, since Robbie's not here to do it, I will thank Gabe and Guy and the uh, whole reinventing community for letting he and I do this every week, and you guys for people that always show every week and just hang out with us, and it's super fun. Um, did anybody have any final words or plugs or where are you tattooing or what, what are you doing? Uh, feel free to say cool stuff before we go. I'm glad that you guys do this. Um, thank you very much. It's very needed. Um, and, uh, you guys can find me at tattoos by spirit on Instagram. And, uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. There you go. Right. Trying to hop up on my painting here. Uh, Medusa, Amber, anything? You can go first. Um, This is Shogun Jerry, and he says thanks. You can catch me, Medusa, at medusaslays.com or on Instagram uh, at medusaslays with three S's at the end. Thank you guys for tolerating me today uh, i love talking about feelings and crying so it's always good to see you okay bye amber i am amber morgan as always you can find me on all social media sites under amber morgan and you can now find me as the new apprentice at luxury tattoos in a Harbor city new jersey Well, I am Dusty Pitstick. I'm the weekly co-host. Uh, Mo Bunny, Mo Problems on Instagram. I tattoo in Dayton, Ohio at Royal Prevail. And uh, you can find me in the near future at Rat Inc. in Florida for a week in February. The Evergreen Tattoo Invitational uh, in March in uh, Oregon out at Josh Carlton's spot. You can catch me at Cleveland Villain Arts in early March probably a bunch of stuff from there uh but i'm here every monday and you guys are always welcome every monday awesome, awesome. thank you for being here i'll see you have next a, monday have a good day 